Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Stuff is streaming and we are Constantly. watching it. Oh, that reminds me. Yes. There is, oh, I'm going to have to look it up now, but some website is going to pay well, somebody. There's only a couple of I those. think it's called How You Watch. Anyway, they're paying somebody two grand to watch six or eight weeks of television on the platforms they choose in order to say what the experience is like so they can, I don't know, do something. That, that's the <laughs> Vegas set of... It's, it's some, website. some website. Just check through every website on the internet. It'll be one of those. Yeah, just just Google... Just keep clicking, to clicking down through them. And you have to watch something like Fubo. I don't know what that is. Foot, uh, fo- and then you watch Hulu. You don't get to watch Netflix. You get to watch Sling and... Others. I mean, at this point, like, does Netflix really need any help? Like, no. I'm just, no, it does not. Like, it's like just being like, guys, well, we need to help Disney along, okay? Yeah. okay. They're hurting. They're, oh, wait, they're what? Oh, no, oh, wait, they're, they're not hurting. That's what I meant. Before we wax poetic about Jack Ryan, I will save you the trouble of wondering what tween, preteen, young teenager movies can I watch on Netflix? That. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't a problem. I mean, it, it, it's it's a problem in as much like as that I worry that a stegosaurus is going to attack my house while I'm sleeping mm-hmm. or while I'm awake. Really, a stegosaurus attacking my house at any point. But do tell. Do tell. Okay. They both just came out. And we have watched both of them. And I want to, first of all, say they're not horrible. Well, that's, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> that, that'll be on the DVD box set. For instance, if you have... Just a picture of you shrugging your shoulders going, it ain't horrible. <laughs> if you have pre-tween, teen, you know, I don't know if 17 and up is going to care, but... And I'm guessing, I don't want to typecast, mostly girls, probably, could be others, but... You'll have an okay time because they will love it. Just tell them, you're you're not <laughs> selling me on any of this. You'll have an okay time. <laughs> it won't be exceptional. Um, have you ever eaten eaten like a cheeseburger <laughs> three days after you bought it? Like, and it wasn't that good to begin with, but you didn't die, <laughs> and technically it had nutrients in it. You'll have an okay time. Okay, so. The first one is Sierra Burgess is a loser. And Sierra- Wait, that's the name of it? Yes. Okay. And Sierra Burgess is played by Barb. Barb from Stranger Things. I, I haven't seen Stranger Things. Ah! I have not. Ah! Okay, we have to fix that. That was. I that- mean, it's, it's easily like solvable, but like. The the kids started watching it and like they wouldn't wait for me to watch it and by the Jerks. time like I was going to watch it like everybody was already past it and I'm like whatever I'm just I'm gonna okay well, I'm gonna watch Deep Space Nine for the forty seventh time okay so Barb it, there are two stories in Stranger Things there's the younger set of kids and the high school kids okay mm-hmm. so in the high school kids Barb is the good friend of uh, the brunette chick whose name I've forgotten anyway uh, Barb doesn't last long which is why there was hashtag justice for barb and barb was 
totally geeked out in the appropriate attire. I think I had those very same glasses. She looks awful, as I did. And Barb gets, I don't know, um, eaten or something. Justice for Barb. And she was nominated for an Emmy. I think she's had like 15. If I, if I said she had 15 minutes total time in Stranger Things, I think I'd be saying too much. But everybody knew Barb. So it's almost what, what was it, uh, Judy Dench did in uh, Shakespeare in Love? Yes. Like, she's there, like, basically she shows up, kind of looks to the left, looks to the mm-hmm. right, and she's like, uh Yeah, pretty much. But that's Barb. And so Barb, and she is, she, she is a normal-sized, I don't know, 20-something, right. which means she's not a size zero. So naturally, she's fat. How is there a size zero? There is. I don't know. Like, doesn't, like, if if you're following my logic mm-hmm. and like, okay, I'm six foot tall. Mm-hmm. If I'm zero feet tall, that means I'm not here, right? So so if there's sizes, you like. You want me to really tell you? Because I actually found out last week. I, I'll I, tell I mean, you. you. You can tell me if you want to. I'm just saying, when people say that, it seems like whenever they're. You know what? Like absolute zero. Like the the concept of one hundred and ten percent. How do you have more after than after World right. War Two? After World War Two, and everything was booming, and America was great sure, again. Yeah. yeah. For after, the first time. Or? Yeah, apparently. And so, mass production of clothing was a started to become a big deal. Okay. Right. And so, in order to do that, they I forgot who they are, but they took measurements of, I believe, 14,000 women because they wanted to come up with a standard of women's sizes. And they found out they can't because none of them are shaped. That's right. It's like it's like making a one size fits all for like puzzle pieces. (laughs) Precisely, because for the most part, because this upsets Jim very much. Why does it take two hours to buy jeans? How long is your leg? How big is your waist? Boom, jeans. It's like women's clothes don't work like that. And they don't. They're virtually arbitrary. Do you think it's just because most men, like, we just kind of let our clothes sit on us? Probably. There's not a lot of, I don't have a lot of form-fitting things. That's Um, why. So, like, I'm just like, eh, 34 in the waist. Maybe. It's hanging there, yeah. If not, I got a belt. Um, And... Now, mm. they're not high waters, sold. Like, okay. that's that's basically how I shop for jeans. Well, this was a legitimate attempt to do clothes the way men's clothes were done. Because, you you know, I've got this neck and this arm length, so this is going to fit me. And women have too many variables. And so that's why women's clothes or don't... Or at the very least, trying to do a streamlined version where you can get... For like a the, the the equivalent of extra small, small, medium, and large. Mm-hmm. To, to get that kind of... Yeah. Into it. And so all of the fashion designers and clothing makers, they didn't all agree. And they also, it's called being a fit model. A fit model isn't someone who is necessarily fit like I'm doing sports clothes modeling. A fit model is the model they fit to. So if their fit model is a size 2 and she's from the Philippines, she's going to have a different shape than the fit model who's a size 2 and she is from the United States. So you have all those factors and that's why women's clothes don't fit easily. It sounds like the same thing. Like You know how like when you get a cheeseburger and you see it like on the menu and you're oh, like, it's oh, glorious. oh, wow, look at that. Like I, I'm not attracted to food, but... Oh my goodness! If 
if that burger made a move on me, mm. I might just let it. Yeah. Like, and then you, they bring it out to you, and you're like, huh? That looks um, so good. Does what's wrong with this one? Yeah. Oh, there, no, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. okay. Oh, that the one that you found attractive was actually made with you know silicone and, and plastic uh, ketchup and, and the mayonnaise that you see uh, there is glue. Yes. Like, oh, but it glistens. Well, give me, give me one of those. Can I? Can I have one? Of, mm, oh, oh, this is awful. Right, Looks fantastic though. Why are we talking about women's clothes? Oh, because she's not a size two. Yes. That's right. She's I don't know, ten to fourteen. I don't know. Anyway, but she she's a normal sized person, but it's made a big deal that she's you know not a teeny tiny person either. So she calls herself a loser, and she's got famous parents, and it's um. Ferris Bueller's friend was also in Star Trek. That well, I, guy. I can see that guy also on Spin City. That guy. Alan. Uh, it's not Shuck, Shrek, no. Nope, not Alan Shrek. <laughs> anyway, that guy. <laughs> and he's the dad and he's a poet. And so, and the mom is, um, Caroline in the City was in. Leah Thompson? Back to the Future, yes. Okay, yeah. Leah Thompson. That's the, I, I was already there for that one. Okay, yes. what, Al, what is his name? Long faced guy who now, by the way, looked homeless in this movie. He has not like you know how like okay for a while okay, James what's his name you James are Woods up, right? James Woods looked, was not James Woods no no but I'm saying like James Woods looked the same for what seemed like years mm-hmm. upon years upon years and then suddenly he just showed up one day Alan Ruck 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 I knew it was I knew it was Alan anyway I was a big I loved Spin City. Yeah, like, that was good. And Generations and Ferris Bueller. But not necessarily the first Star Trek. We digress. Often. So, uh, Sierra Burgess is a loser. So here's the deal. There's this super cute guy who, by the way, is also in the other movie. And practically every other movie that is geared toward young girls on Netflix. And he's uh, he's kind of dreamy. Anyway, um, it's... I hear girls like those. Yeah. I mean, if you're into that Kind type. of. And it is basically a version of Cyrano de Bergerac, but without the Steve Martin. Well, that... That doesn't necessarily... <laughs> Steve Martin isn't... Whatever. In, ...intrinsically part of that tale. Now, you do have the stereotyping, and because I saw these movies back-to-back, it was very obvious to me... Sierra Burgess has her sassy African-American gay guy friend. And in the other movie, she has her sassy African-American gay guy friend. So that's a new thing that... Did they combine those two stereotypes? Yes, yes. Okay. Instead of the sassy fat girlfriend, it's now the sassy gay black guy friend. I mean, I guess after a while you combine, like... I guess. The rodeo burger. It's got it's got an onion ring, it's got barbecue sauce, and okay. it's a cheeseburger. All right. All of those things separately were fine. Now, by the way, those two guys in each of the movies were my favorite part because they had the best lines. Okay? <laughs> they're sassy. And they're like sassy. <laughs> I, I love me some sassy. Okay? I can I believe that. Yeah. I absolutely believe that with now, every fine. Now, in Sierra Burgess is a loser. He's funnier, but he also has more lines. The other guy just gets to say it's a cravat, not an ascot, and other stuff. Anyway, so uh, it's a Cyrano thing where the snotty girl who is 
who looks like Susan Day in the first season of The Partridge Family, only crazy beautiful. Susan Day was attractive. She's like Susan Day on steroids, just everything. Steroids don't make you more beautiful. It did this time. Okay. So it's a very, it's a very, very limited strain yeah. of of steroids. So she's this, and so she gives Sarah Burgess's number to the hot guy because he's a loser, and she likes this other guy named Spence, and it becomes a whole Cyrano thing, and of course they become friends. Blah 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 blah. None of this stuff ever happened to me. In the high best school. part, the best part, is when Sarah Burgess pretends to know sign language, and cute guy's brother happens to be. Legit death. Yeah. So there's some comedy to be had there. And Do you speak fluent Mandarin? (laughs) Why, yes, I do. Well, good. My grandfather is here. (laughs) Can you please ask him what... Uh -uh. Uh, Actually, in the other movie, I think, yeah, they do speak Mandarin. Um, So there is that. There are some funny things. The, The girls found it even more entertaining than I did. But I didn't want to stick well, a fork in my eye either. Well, you also said it was geared toward a tween audience. Yeah. So they probably did enjoy it. They did. They seemed to genuinely enjoy it. And they really couldn't decide which one they liked better. Now, the other one is called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And, oh, it stars. I like playing this game with you. Okay. His name is John. He was in Northern Exposure, but not the guy who went to play in Numbers. And he's living with Bo Derek, and he was in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He is... I can see the actor's face. And like, he's the voice of um, Pedigree Dog Food. And he is... The pedigree, yeah, yeah. You, If you're going to give me a poll, it needs to be something <laughs> that I know anything... Oh, yeah, pe- Pedigree Dog Food. I've got that poster in my bedroom once at the you, house. <laughs> once you hear this guy's voice, you'll know him immediately. He's aging very nicely, by the way. 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 Okay, so as you look up his name, because I cannot remember it, John, he was also in Sex and the City. He was Adrian, maybe? John Corbett. John Corbett, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah John Corbett. Uh, he's great. And so, for what it's worth, he is aging well. Yeah, he is. He is. Anywho, he is the widowed father of three, not crazy, kind of rich Asians. Their mother is deceased, and you have all manner of complications. And the story behind this one is the 16-year-old, ever since she was in fifth grade, if she had a crush, she'd write a letter to the crush, but she didn't mail it. She just kept it. That's odd. She just kept it. It kind of like seems like you're making a sandwich, but you never intend to eat it for She just likes to keep the letters, apparently. Her youngest sister decides that... She's going to mail all of them? Okay. All right. All right. So that is what happens That's why she needed to do that within the context of the story. And that's where her her sassy gay friend says, I really appreciate this, but you know... And she is going to go, uh, sure. (laughs) So I wish he had more lines because he was really funny. And I guess still is. Anyway, so that's what that is about. The whole mailing of the letters and blah, blah, blah. And... What I liked about it was the fact that it was all the kids were Asian or part Asian or something, you know, because that's how families are. They're not all white, you know, they really really aren't. I mean, and I'm I'm a white like landowning male, Uh like not everyone that I know is that. Right. And it wasn't 
a big deal. It, the, the whole story wasn't, and their mother was Korean, or I had nothing to do with it. They, they just were they, because they just, are. Right, and that's what I liked about it. More things They didn't need to be. bludgeon you over the head with it. It's just... These every, girls are Asian. Boom. I mean, honestly, even, even from a like casting standpoint or a demographic standpoint, the the more you diversify whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. the more like everybody wants to have themselves on screen yeah. to a certain degree. Like you want to see either have somebody that is in a similar situation to you, maybe somebody that looks like you, like emotionally has something that you can connect with. If you have, if you vary that playing field more and more and more, because again, not everybody is white and a male. Like you want to keep on, like have have a mm-hmm. nice diversified buffet up there. And it wasn't until I was older when I realized, and I would hear these things. It's like, oh, I never noticed. Well, that's because I'm white. It just, I can now understand because I. I never felt something was missing because I am I have always been represented yeah. on screen. Like pretty much I can time travel to any point in history. And you're on screen. And I will be like even if you go back to like pre the screen like on stage or in a Nickelodeon it was or, you. or in a in a scroll of parchment like the I am going to be on there. Like so it it never occurred to me that something was missing mm-hmm. because I was always represented on the screen. And yet for me, representing the women when I watched the old shows that were reruns when I was watching them, it was like, Oh, well she's a housewife and she's a housewife and she's a housewife and my mom's a housewife, but she used to be a teacher and she's a And then as I got older it's like, well yeah, not wh- every woman that I know is a housewife. You know? And wouldn't it why can't the doctor be a woman instead of just the nurse? Thanks, and thanks, Barbie. Yeah. So, I, as I got older, I realized that there was no diversity, and I realized when it started to change. Well, I mean, most most people notice things when it's them that are being affected by it. Right. And like I said, it's just I've never had a point in time where somebody that reminded me of me has not been represented on the screen, like for for better or for worse. There, mm-hmm. but as the the older I've gotten and the less, I want to say less conceited, like I've become or less mm, self-centered or. Mm, I don't know. Maybe that I'm just, or that I'm. I'm Wiser. Let's call it that. Okay. I like that. Um, I, I sat there and go, well, um, not all of my friends look like that. Like every woman I know is not a housewife mm-hmm. and uh, I don't live in a neighborhood that looks like that. Oddly enough, though, that's that's what I I would love to be. I would love to have a spouse that brought in so much bank that I can spend all day making stuff from scratch and doing this and doing that. And like, and Donna, it's not even like she she yeah. wasn't in like sweatpants I and a t-shirt. I want to learn how to play mahjong. Yeah. Like, what is it that Kevin McAllister's dad did in Home Alone that he can afford that house and take, like, 19 people mm-hmm. to France? Yeah. What is he doing? He's he, in Chicago. He's being white. I assume he is connected to the mob. Had to be. I've thought about this and thought about this and thought about this. McAllister is an Irish name. He works for the Irish mob. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in the third one that they never produced. Mm-hmm. Harry, Harry and Marv wanted to become, they wanted to become a part of one of the warring families. And they said, if you got to do that, 
you got to do this thing for us. Mm-hmm. Kevin McAllister, who who is the the rightful heir to the throne, he needs to die. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, Marv, it's Kevin. <laughs> Never happened. And it was really no, it dark. Didn't. And Martin Scorsese directed it in my brain. Yeah. Um, but, that you know. That would have been a completely different movie. But um, you still get the same. Uh, right. It's still John Hughes. Yeah. John Hughes has got that whimsical take on mob killing, mm. which is something he didn't touch before he passed. Mm. But I think it was probably. For the better. Yeah, I guess. All right. Yeah. OK, we'll go there. And. Uh, Speaking of John Hughes, in, uh, I don't know, one of the movies, they they talk about, in, in To All the Boys I Have Loved Before, she says, well, I have to know stuff about you so I can be your fake girlfriend. And so she says, uh, she references Pretty in Pink, and he, in turn, references, oh, I, I want to say it was Shawshank, but now I think it wasn't Shawshank, but it was a movie we like. Right. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, she does need to totally watch that. And Pretty in Pink, you just have to be able to watch it so you can say she chose the wrong guy. Nobody likes Andrew McCarthy in that movie. He's a jerk. You to, like Ducky. To be fair, huh? you should just watch all of John Hughes. Like, yeah. even his lesser ones when he was doing Paycheck, like Dennis the Menace, which he wrote. It's not a bad movie. Like, it's not It's not an exceptional. It's not like his his other, like Uncle Buck. That, that movie's hysterical. Yeah, it is. If you If you disagree with me... Tell me what parking lot to meet you in, and we'll fight about it, okay? <laughs> Uncle Buck is fantastic. I love that movie. I love pretty much John Hughes' entire directorial filmography. I think I love every movie that he wrote as well, even the ones that you shouldn't. Like, what is it, Baby's Day Out, where there's a something about, like, monkeys and a baby? I don't know. Saw that one. I, I'm going to throw I it in there, I too. I snickered in there, Baby's He Day. wrote all three Home Alones. Like, the third Home Alone, which always gets dumped on. I'm just going to tell you, Home Alone 3... Not that bad a movie. <laughs> now, the stupid ones that were just direct to, like, television, mm -hmm. that's awful. Don't watch those. But the first three Home Alones, actually, the only crime Home Alone 3, like, needs to be convicted of... Adam's glowing right now. ...is not not being the first two Home Alones. Like, <laughs> and those things are just, they're comic lightning. Like, boom and boom. I love the first two Home Alone movies. I will I will watch Joe Pesci take a paint can to the face endlessly. <laughs> I will watch it on loop. I'm just telling you like nobody takes like a a I, any of the things that they talk blowtorch to the head like maybe there was a football to the growing somewhere in there. I don't remember. Did you just say growing? Grown, yeah, growing. <laughs> I didn't I don't, this is I try to keep I try to keep growing. 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 Is growing. <laughs> All right. His junk? Would you prefer that? Groin. That groin. Groin. He's growing. <laughs> growing. He's growing. You've made my day. He's growing. 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 I'm now going to say growing. He's growing. <laughs> or his groinal area. It just sounds like you're mumbling now. Uh -huh. Okay. Groin. <laughs> okay, so those are the two, and uh, yeah, tween and teenage girls will love it, and there are some... There's a very funny conversation where some guy's in the house talking to John Corbett's character, the dad, who happens to be a gynecologist. And the kid, maybe... It could be his youngest daughter. I don't know. But somebody starts saying, so, you're in college, and you're thinking, hey, I just want to look at women's parts all day. 
I want to be a gynecologist. Is that how this happened? I really hope he corrected me. Uh, uh, he tried to tell him about, you know, today I brought a new life into the world. But then the kid starts going with, how did you come up with this in college? And he just walked away. You know, it was I want to. I want to believe if that's what you like. As you were trying to get into that particular subject or school, and like you're after just speaking to like the dean of that particular area, if you give them that response, you will probably not be accepted yeah. into that school of study. Or if you are, that is a terrible school, and you're operating <laughs> out of a windowless van. Yes, pretty much. That's my guess. That's yeah. my guess. So there's uh, there's that. They were. Not awful. There were a few times where I probably went, <clears throat> and I, I, I preferred those to watching something like the great music caper, which is horrible, but you need to see it so you know what hell is like on Earth. I don't. Oh, Adam. I, no, see, I, I don't like things that I don't like <laughs> for very. Very specific reason, and like I've got a good sense of what I don't like. Oh, you don't like the great music? What was it? What was it like? Montgomery Burns. I know what I hate, and I don't hate this. Like (laughs) much, much the same thing. I know what I don't like, and I don't like that. Yeah. Anyway, these are fine. They're fine. They're they uh, exist. They're Um, fine. They have a few light moments. I didn't go in expecting to hate them or love them. I was hoping they would be watchable and they were inherently watchable and by the way jim watched both of them the whole way through he even found them that's interesting yes he goes looking for things that we won't fight about i mean that's kind of noble of him that's i mean very diplomatic like ambassadorial mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i on the and other hand <laughs> Okay. I just I just go for stuff that's completely um, not appropriate because I never remember. Oh, that happened? Huh. I guess they can't watch it. But uh, we did watch Hunt for Red October. Well, at least Anna Grace and I did. And so she did get pulled into the Jack Ryan thing. And so that's how we get to Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. And she watched the very last one. I said, I'll watch it over with you from the first she watched one. the last episode? Just the last okay. episode. She goes, I just want to know what's happening. So all that set up. She, she just watched the last episode. And she goes, hmm, he looks good. He's a good guy? N- didn't okay. care for any of the, the nuanced no, storytelling. No. How or... does that guy feel about his kid? Okay. And what's his motivation for being a villain? Oh, I get that. So she just, she cliffs notes a yeah. television series. That's, yeah. wow. So, okay. The only complaint that I have heard consistently, even though it's how it was written in the book, is, and having been in the D.C. era, era, area many times, biking to Langley and no traffic? Seriously? I, if, I, if that is the main complaint that your show is getting... I'm Okay, here's the flip side of that. Do you want, like... Let's say an eighth of your runtime taken up with Jack Ryan being stuck in traffic or being unable to 
bike. Like I get what you're saying. It, oh. It's it's the argument. It wasn't my complaint. It's like the the argument about Hunt for Red October when they're like, but they're not speaking Russian. I'm like, did you do you want to have it subtitled yeah, the mean. entire time? You understand that that it's like having a universal linguistic translator. Boom. It's just telling us so we don't have to constantly look down and and lose maybe some subtlety out of their performance. Mm-hmm. So that we can just be like, oh, I understand that because that's the language that I speak. Mm-hmm. So you have, and honestly, when he's going in front of, I guess, the, the Lincoln Memorial, it registers with me. It's like, there's no traffic. Psh. And that's all the time it took up in my brain. And other than that, I didn't care. The bike fall was beautifully orchestrated. And I was curious as to how many times it took to do that. because to Successfully? Yeah, yeah. It was... I thought it, it was, was a great a, save. Um, I I don't think I'm I'm ruining a lot. We're by spending saying too that. much time talking about the bike. Um, that's how he meets his boss. Yes, or who who is eventually going to become his boss in the series. His boss is driving a car quickly, almost runs Jack over. Like the two of them, kind of have a kind of verbal altercation, like exchange mean glances. And if you've ever seen a TV show, you know that's going to be the new boss. Well, as soon as that happened, I just went. All right, now it was James Earl Jones in yeah. Clear and Present Danger. It was Morgan Freeman in Some of All Fears. How much do you want to bet that's this Jack? Guy. Boom! And as soon as it did, I was like, okay, there you mm-hmm. go. So you've got the analyst, and from uh, intel that I have, they they did an excellent job on... When people work at Langley, they tend to work in what's called a vault. You can't take your cell phone in, and you have to know the code to get through all this series of um, Which, considering security. the amount of information that they have, makes yes. perfect sense. So I do know from good authority that that's pretty much what it looks like to work in a vault. And then it's a bunch of cubicles and just, you know, the analysts have lots of stuff. And some analysts, all they do is watch TV, not the TV you and I would watch. Right. But they're watching foreign TV to pick up repetition of names and things like that. Seeing so if what, there's any kind yeah. of, yeah. So what Jack Ryan has done is he's been following the money and he comes up with this name and he thinks something is happening and that's where it starts the the complaints uh, other complaints that i've heard about this series, i liked it I, I did too they they were saying that like sometimes it's just really uh mundane what they seem and i'm like okay. listen jack ryan is an analyst yeah now the films tended to highlight more of an action, or especially like the uh, the last film that they did, the one that had uh, Chris Pine, Pine, yeah, had Chris Pine in it. Like, I think the films started to skewer too far away from the fact that Jack Ryan is mm-hmm. an analyst. Like, they really wanted to lean heavy on the fact that he's a former Marine, mm-hmm. which I mean, he's he's also a competent individual there, but really the thing that makes Jack Ryan different than say like. Indiana Jones or, you know, Han Solo or any of these other like action oriented characters is the fact that like d- dude, dude knows numbers. Like that's what mm-hmm. he stares at most of the That's yeah. how he figures stuff out. Like he doesn't, you know, jump into it like with his guns blazing. Jack Ryan uses like deductive reasoning, like intelligence, mm-hmm. algorithms. And he's like, this is why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And and I've met more than my share 
of intelligence analysts, their jobs are boring because they're really just looking for patterns. And it's the same thing every day. And maybe you find one and maybe you don't. And like I said, the the films, which were very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, most of them were. Obviously, the last one wasn't. Otherwise, they would have made a sequel. I actually to haven't seen that one. Shadow Probably Recruit. for good reason, yeah. It's honestly, it's, it's okay. It's a good movie. It, I don't, I get, I guess, like the, the shortcomings people complained about. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one I really don't understand is how some of all fears never got a follow up. Like I think some of all fears is criminally underrated. It's the one that has Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, it features a terrorist attack at the Super Bowl. James Cromwell plays mm-hmm. oh, like yeah, the president. Yeah. Like okay. some of all fears came out. I the it's ex- a good movie. The exact same year as Born Identity made slightly more than Born Identity, which is relevant because matt damon and ben affleck were in the lead roles and mm-hmm. i remember at the time like a lot of magazines were doing the the comparisons between the two because like the you know the good the goodwill hunting kids are now in you know competing franchises um tom clancy loved ben affleck and the role which i believe was even his reason for writing red rabbit which features a younger jack ryan mm-hmm. he for whatever reason apparently tom clancy did not like harrison ford in the role I don't understand that. I don't understand how you don't like Harrison Ford and something. I know, but, but now that I know the Alec Baldwin backstory, I mean, Alec that Baldwin may have had, yeah. killed it. And to have it taken away from him... It wasn't like he just I did know, a, a garbage job he in the movie. He was so great. Yeah. And he was ready for the next one, and then he finds out the hard way. It's like, oh, oh Harrison but... Ford is available now. They're not shooting in right. four just yet. So, Alec Baldwin, goodbye. And... I'm mad for him. What is it, 20 years later? Yes. I'm mad for him. I mean, he did all right. Yeah, he, he did, did fine. Okay. Like, he's okay. But yeah, like like I said, some of all fears, I just genuinely, it, it did, I want to, uh, over $100 million at the box office. Like, it's a good movie. It's engaging. I just, I don't think it ever got the respect that I, I thought that it probably, Morgan Freeman is yeah, in the movie. And like, he's okay. Affleck is also a pretty serviceable Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, and it's not like there's no source material to draw from. Mm-hmm. There's a jillion of those things. Anyway, you've got Jim from the office, who's now not cute Jim from the office. He's older, looks tired sometimes, and all beefed up Jim from the office. What is up with Jack Ryan being an analyst and just ripped or oh you, yeah okay, you you take this from the analysts that you do know jane because <laughs> i don't i don't know a ton of them are no, all of no. them let me finish my question you don't know <laughs> what it is are all of them ripped jane most of them look like a comic book guy from the simpsons that's like what's up with <laughs> every jack ryan just like this square jawed like six-pack having like well he 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 did crew and for so fun, this one. evidently, like well, he does in that college. in a scene. Well, in a scene like where he's like exercising yeah. in the show, he's just like, dude, like not even competing, just like rowing the crew. Yeah, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna bike to work because I'm super healthy, and I, much like Captain Kirk, they show Jack Ryan shirtless, pantless, but not. To- he doesn't do Chris Pine full frontal in the movie we haven't seen yet. The, on Netflix, it's you. it's 
it's you know he's not wearing anything, but you really don't get a a full bottle outline because essentially it's what it's foggy. It, it, it's he's in the shower and it's panning by a a not not a mirror. I guess just a glass glass panel mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's a foggy. little it's a little foggy there so you don't get to quite see Jim's derriere and or Jack wasn't expecting to and it's like I if I spent as much time as he did to become so ripped I probably would want hey show I think me you more. and I had this discussion yeah. about Jason show Statham. me more like you'd just be like I am getting out of the shower in this scene I, I will wish- have a towel on any inappropriate things we we cannot show in order to maintain a PG-13, but by God, my abs, mm-hmm. my You're abs will him. be on full display. You're going to see them. And I'm sure it took a good four hours a day to get that ripped, if not more. I'm going to go ahead and say I have no idea what it takes to be that ripped because I've never had abs. Like, I have abs in the sense that, like, underneath my stomach fat, there are ab muscles. Mine were surgically I removed. I don't know what they look like, though. They They could be... They could be hexagons. They could be triangles. They don't look like this guy's. I don't. I have like I have a male body. I have been told by doctors, mine doesn't look like that. So I'm gonna say, and I don't have a male body, but if I did, because I was a guy and it looked like that, I would wear as little clothing as possible Man, I all would, the time. I would get all of those like Under Armour shirt, the the like thermals that yeah. like basically just adhese to like every curvature of your body yeah but i don't look like that so people don't want me to do that so i understand why there's a lot of that but there's so much of it it did distract me going he's gonna be shirtless again okay and he's gonna be shirtless here okay well okay in the same way that like we can either look at comic book guy or hot now hot jim from the office I mean, I guess that's probably going to put a couple more people like in the seats, or maybe subscriptions okay. to Amazon Prime, whatever, whatever your your parlance is there. I thought it was good, and I don't really have any complaints about it. I would say of the eight episodes, the first one is the slowest, but it also has to do all of the setup yeah. for. They don't want you to rely on the fact that you've been watching or reading all of these books, and honestly. I think this medium is probably more assistive to the type of storytelling mm-hmm. that it they originated from the books yeah. and it's it's long form stuff. The films boil it down to like it's very like just minute essence mm-hmm. in those movies. And to a certain degree I also think they tend to scuttle away from anything that really is him like you know, computational or anything, and right. Jack Ryan gets to, like, he's punching bad guys, like, occasionally picking up a gun. I think they forget to show, it's like the the Tim Burton Batman movies. He is he is constantly touted in the films as the world's greatest detective. Name me, on one hand, all of the detection work that he was doing in, let's say, the first seven Batman films. He detected anything? That's... I'm saying, like, he puts, like, in the first Batman, I think he puts together that, like, you can't have shampoo and, like, eyeliner because it's toxic. I detected he had a lot of money. Like that. But I'm saying, like, you never see Batman uh-huh. being a, and that's, like, that's what he does in the, it's constantly just, just beats you over the world's greatest detective. Who said that? That's the, the, the comic books. That pretty, that's pretty. Oh, that's oh. like the blurb they've got under like. Oh, I never picked. Whenever that you up. open the first page, it's like Batman, world's greatest detective. 
Huh. This week in Batman, like... I always thought he was richest guy who doesn't have a superpower. Somebody made the point to me, and I thought this was a really relevant point. Okay, you have a character named Batman. Essentially, uh, he's doing a lot of, like, he flies a lot of very fast cars. Mm -hmm. Um, He jumps out of, like, planes off the Mm -hmm. top of buildings and everything. You have another character called Daredevil who uses sonar Mm -hmm. to attack his foes, um, not unlike a bat. Right. Now, the character that's jumping out of buildings, driving fast cars, like parachuting in from God knows where. I call him Fast Man. That, that character's name is not Daredevil. It's Batman. Batman generally does not use sonar for anything. Now, Daredevil, the character that uses sonar, mm-hmm. his name is not Batman. Hmm. They were just like, why don't? Why did they not switch the two of their names? And I'm like, that's a, I don't have a, I don't have a good reason why that should not be the case. Daredevil acts a whole lot more like a bat, and Batman acts a whole lot, a whole lot more like a Daredevil than Daredevil does. Hmm. Food for thought. That's gonna keep me up nights. But yeah, Jack Ryan, the serialized format, the eight episodes, I think gives a lot more time to show Jack. Jack Ryan is a very intelligent individual, and that's not always what's on display in the movies. In the books, it's very apparent Mm -hmm. that Jack Ryan is the smartest guy in the room. Even like some of the, if you don't follow any of the books, Jack Ryan, even like, I think he gets a cabinet position. If I'm remembering correctly, in one of the later, possibly the the last of the Jack Ryan books that Clancy wrote before he passed, I want to say Ryan ends up becoming the president. I would like to read the the books he wrote after he passed. Yeah, he seems to still be writing a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you'll know, it's Tom Clancy's like op center, and then like in really, really small letters, it's like with, with Roger, Roger Smith. <laughs> They're like what? Tom Clancy and yeah, Tom, Shh. Tom Clancy, Roger, Roger, Roger Smith. Also, he wrote this, but it's, but it's Tom Clancy's. It's Tom Clancy's character. Uh, I think. You will. You've seen almost all of it. I watched all of them. I'm, I really six, liked the way it ended. I'm six in, like right now, and I've, I they've, I think it gives them enough room to kind of pull the taffy, like into like mm, you can expound taffy. on like some of the the side characters. Mm-hmm. You can show what's going on in Jack's personal life. You can give a little bit more to his backstory, and like Jack Ryan's a fascinating character. He's had, mm-hmm. let's see, one, two, three, four. Five films, am I correct? And I'm not even sure how many novels that... Why don't you check on that? That's what I'm actually going so to do. The, so, the story is Jack Ryan, he has a new boss who has to prove himself, and he has followed the money, and he's found a guy, and he thinks this guy is up to no good. And he's talking about how this money is being done through... Um, Something similar to PayPal and how all this money is showing up and he thinks something big is about to go down. And then you see the bad guy and how it is understandable how he got to be a bad guy because he's out playing with his sister and they're having a good time. The whole family's over and they all get blown up. So I can see how he would perhaps not feel great about the Americans when it's like a... Ten-year-old kid, his whole family gets blown up. I I understand that. And then he goes 
you know, crazy. And his wife is thinking he's, uh, yeah, not that great. And so that's that's what happens. You have the story of the wife trying to leave with her three children. Only one of the children chooses to stay with dad because he doesn't understand what's going on because he doesn't know dad is crazy. He finds out, though. And so it's all about that. And it's it is well told. And the fact that over and over, Jack Ryan keeps saying, uh, I'm really just an analyst. You know, I I don't. I don't go and do this. It it do you remember the old um uh Phil Hartman had a skit on Saturday Night Live, <sighs> The Caveman, where like yes. and his his defense was always ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I'm I'm just a caveman. <laughs> I don't I don't understand about these mechanized birds that you call <laughs> aeroplane. Like I almost feel sometimes when Jack starts in on that that he's just ladies and gentlemen. I'm <laughs> I'm just a numbers analyst. analyst. I, I take numbers and I look for patterns. I sit in front of a computer. Yes, yes, I have pectorals and abs that make the women swoon, but I'm I'm just an analyst. <laughs> yeah. I've I I'm I'm on his Wikipedia page now. Evidently there are eight Ryan, uh, Jack Ryan novels specifically about him. There are others that take place in that universe that he appears peripherally in. It also has a list of all of the occupations that he has had oh, in the tell. books. Let me let me hear it. U.S. President, U.S. Vice President, National Security Advisor, Deputy Director of the CIA, CIA Acting Deputy Director for Intelligence, CIA Special Assistant, Assistant to the DDI, CIA Analyst, which we, we, we have discussed at mm-hmm. length, um, Professor, Boston College, Certified public accountant and stockbroker, USMC second lieutenant. Like, hmm. I, I I wouldn't mind if Jack Ryan was president, especially as played by John Krasinski. Well, I mean, and if if it is successful enough, like you can explore all of. Even though this this series is not based on any particular, which I, I I've I've also thought is strange when you have that wealth of information why why do you not pull more okay the the last two uh batman films that uh, joel schumacher did mm-hmm. it's got the riddler it's got two-face has bane has all these characters there is 60 years worth of comic books that have these acclaimed award-winning stories how much pomp and arrogance do you have to be full of to go yeah I know, I know what they want. Who's, who's this Frank Miller Joker? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I I know what the people want from their Batman. Like, give me that. Give me that. Like, why are you not drawing from the like? If you don't want to do Hunt for Red October again, mm-hmm. or you don't want to touch on some of all fears, like again, why why not? Like, there's I think uh, Executive Order uh, without remorse. Like, why are you not touching the ones that? Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't. They haven't been adapted in any way that right. I, that I'm aware of. Tom well, Clancy, who popularized this character, like over a number of years. Why do you assume you know better than he did about this character? You don't. Uh, I guess the reason why they haven't touched on that is because there are so many good movies that are just being remade. Because let's remake the good ones because we haven't thought of anything fresh and original. 
Or instead of remaking the good ones, take the ones that were garbage because nobody cares if you mess with it. Like, listen, exactly. If if you want to go in and just be like this Mona Lisa, this guy was just off. I know how to make this good. Somebody's gonna take issue mm-hmm. some umbrage. Now, uh, yes, with umbrage. That. that that is when you have umbrage. now. If you go in there and like you're you're going to like say okay, listen, Britney Spears' uh, third album. Um, the one that featured her, like, remaking uh, one of the Rolling Stones songs. I'm going to remake that album. Nobody is going to say word one to you about that. They'll just be like, no, no, hey, 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 sacred ground. Sacred ground. Like, you're not going to yeah, get that. Not going to happen. When Eddie Murphy remade The Nutty Professor, nobody was all up in arms just being like, oh, excuse me, glaving to the ladies, and the, you can't remake the classic that is The Professor. Like, I don't think anybody said that. Like, it's funny, but, like, I didn't think, like, he was touching on hallowed ground there. And I liked the Nutty Professor review. That mm-hmm. is the way that you need to do it. Like, for years, they wanted um, Tom Hanks to remake It's a Wonderful Life. They're like, he's basically this generation's Jimmy Stewart. And I, But why? That And that is what, that's what the, the ever-brilliant Tom Hanks, he goes, why would I do that? He goes, the film's perfect. He goes, well, in what way... Can I improve upon that? He goes, if you if you can improve upon it, if you can do something different with it, if you can make that your own and do it in a way that makes it better than it was before, he goes, then yes. He goes, you do that. He goes, but what am I going to do mm-hmm. with with It's a Wonderful Life? He goes, yeah. what, what do you want me to do with it? He goes, I mean, I can just, I can do the movie the way it was. And he goes, and that's what I'd want to do because the film's flawless. And I'm just like... Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is so brilliant. I know. I love him so much. Yeah. You don't remake Casablanca because, no, you just don't. However, just to irritate my children when they're going on about Harry Potter this and whatever, I said, you know what? By the time you have kids, let's just say. Or maybe, maybe a couple years before. Yeah. Let's just. Let's just go 20 years into the future. Warner Brothers. They're is going to remake them oh, all. They're going to go back to it, and they're just uh-huh. going to be like, all right, you They're know what? Be so angry. Them, them Fantastic Beast movies didn't pan out, and J.K. Rowling, what with like getting hit by that train, isn't going to write any more of those That's books. That's right. So we're going to We're going to take it, it upon ourselves uh-huh. to just remake the ones. Dude, well, how much did we make? Oh, good Lord. That much money? And we're gonna Why make, have we not remade them already? We're going to make Harry Potter a girl. They're they're probably going to they're probably going to take the original actors and have them cameo yeah. like in roles, but yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, except understand Harry Potter in the same way that like every five to seven years you have seen some kind of revamp, revamp like reimagining something of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is a perennial property now. It is an IP that much like. Um, the Ironborn in Game of Thrones will never die. Like, mm-hmm. Harry Potter will remain. Yes. And you'll be so angry, teenage girls. Well, I mean, we, we the ones that were there, like, initially. But the kids that don't have any emotional attachment to that, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And now they have their Harry... Like, 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for me will always be the 1987 to 1997 series. Mm-hmm. Those are the or or the first film that they the first live action film. That's my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not the ones that appeared on Nickelodeon, not the stupid Michael Bay produced ones. Which reminds me, I'm watching an episode of Supernatural. We're almost up to date. A, a guy has been introduced into the the whole story, and his name is Donatello. And of course, Dean said like. The Mutant Ninja Turtle? Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, honestly, do you want to know the first place I heard those names? Or the first place I remember here? Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, like, Raphael? Like, that's where I remember those names from. Like, maybe I'm not as cultured as I should be, but, like, as a, what is it, 87, I think? 87 is when they really started taking off in popularity. I was seven. It's burned into my memory at that point. Harry Potter is going to be that property. Yeah. And apparently, so is Jack Ryan. Like, yeah. And um, Star I know that, well, A New Hope, I could say, has already been remade. But I know 20 years from now, someone's going to say, we got the when new Dis- Harrison when, Ford. When it actually has, like, ran itself, maybe not yeah. ran itself into the ground, but, like, when those returns just aren't there... Then Disney goes, we're going to remake the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. We're just going to we're going to go piece by piece. We're going to we're going to bring J.J. Abrams. He hasn't directed one in 20 years. We're going to bring him bring back, back yeah. and he gets to do he gets to do the Darth Vader saga the way he wants to do it now. And you know, and I have to say when I it had well how many years had it been? What was the 1980 what is when uh, Next Generation came out? 1987. Okay. So Star Trek had gone off in 69. Believe so, yeah. Started in '66. So, and, Turnabout Intruder, I think, airs in '69. Yeah, and I, I didn't know of it until it was fully into syndication. But it was a good long while before Next Generation. And when I heard the Next Generation was going to be a thing, I had already recorded all the Star Treks. I had watched them over and over and over, and I could not imagine. Now, go back and read because the internet didn't exist then, and people couldn't. They couldn't use that for their outrage. Yeah. Go back and read, like, magazine articles and stuff oh. like that. Just talking about their, like, one, it's a good thing you're not recasting those because they can't be recast. Exactly. S- sorry, guys, <laughs> but they did, and they can. They did about yeah. 20, 30 years after that. And they're just like, you cannot have another set of characters mm-hmm. existing with it. You can't. Oh, you absolutely. I, it won't work. We won't do it. I didn't watch Next it. Next Generation, Deep Space yeah. Nine, Voyager, I was Enterprise, Discovery. Like, I would have these discussions at the dinner table about how outraged I was at this new Star Trek. Pomp and who is it? Patrick Stewart? I don't know who Patrick that is. Stewart? Who does Patrick Stewart think he is? I don't know who those people uh, turn, are. Turns out he's an exceptional actor. Yeah, he is really and, like, good. Embodied, like embodied in, in a captain that now like people will argue sufficiently who is the better captain. And like honestly, I think it's I think it's toss up. Like the the rest of them, they can all vie, vie for second place. But Kirk and Picard They're pretty awesome. Those are the two the two best. And like I think there's arguments for both of them as the exceptional so captain. So this will happen. Again, I people are going to be able to argue about what mm-hmm. what Jack Ryan was your favorite. Did you did you like the the eighties Jack Ryan, the nineties, um, like the the non starters with Ben Affleck and Chris Pine? And again, my my issue with the Chris Pine, you want to go back and do a movie about a younger Jack Ryan? Mm-hmm. All right, you have a novel that was written in mind for Ben Affleck at that point, Red Rabbit. 
for a younger Jack Ryan. And you want to recast the film for a younger Jack Ryan. Now, you have Tom Clancy, the originator, creator, who wrote this. Shadow Recruit is based on no book. It's based on the character. Like, it has Jack Ryan, and then they fill in some blanks. Why would you not go to the book mm. that ha- is about a younger Jack Ryan from the man who birthed Jack Ryan into this world? Why, why would you not? Mm. And Paramount has the rights to that book. Like, mm. why, what would you, why mm. wouldn't you do that? Again, mm. Okay. Mm. Mm. So anyway, we liked Jack Ryan on the Amazon Prime. Yes. And I don't know when the next go-round is, but it's a coming. They're already talking about season two. Evidently, like, it has been successful enough mm-hmm. that Amazon has said, we're going to do this. And like I said, I would like them to, kind of in the same way that, like, uh, the Marvel films have taken from, like, their larger story arcs. Like, Infinity Gauntlet was famously turned into Infinity War that just made a couple bucks mm-hmm. at the box office. Yeah. Jack Ryan, again, like, if you don't want to do a chapter-by-chapter adaptation of those books, I get it. But, like, Clancy has laid out some really interesting stories for this character. Like, I'm not saying turn Jim into the vice president, like, next season. But, like, there's nothing wrong with the story arc that this character's already been been given, mm-hmm. why not go back to the source material that popularized it in the first place that was so popular that they decided to turn these into a series of films? Right. Why Why not? Like I said, Seems he, doesn't like have, a good idea. he doesn't have to appear on a Russian submarine. Like, I, I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, you have some material that hasn't been touched. Don't, don't remake uh, Clear and Present Danger, Patriot Games, and Hunt for Red October. We, we have exceptional adaptations of those already. Like, and even to a lesser extent, you don't even have to touch some of all fears. Like, I think that's a very solid entry. Mm-hmm. Why not take those other books that no nobody has touched? Like, they haven't been adapted into, like, an animated series. Like, they haven't been termed okay, into a website. that would be kind of funny. I would watch that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> or you know what? If you you can have two things going on like at the same time, like the CW shows. There is a flash on the CW TV. There's a flash in the movies. What's wrong with okay? Let's say you do want to make Jack Ryan the president. Harrison Ford seems to be in demand. Like what was it that Star Wars movie he did? How much did it make? Mm-hmm. What what? Ha- how much did the last Indiana Jones make? I'm just name me name me a character besides them. That is an iconic role that you associate with Harrison Ford. Han Solo, yeah. Indiana Jones, and Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the president in the movie in the plane. The, okay. The, but not the movie in the plane with Anne Heche. No, that's a different... He wasn't the president in that. No. But I'm saying... But there like, was a plane. Would Would you watch both? Like, you've, oh, yeah. you have the Jack Ryan series on Amazon starring uh, Jim from The Office. Mm-hmm. Would you also accept, like, let's say they make that they they take that uh, the the plot line where he's the the vice president and eventually becomes the president? Would you watch Harrison Ford do that? Yeah, yeah, I would too. There's nothing. I'd watch Alec Baldwin do it too. You know what? If Harrison doesn't want to do it, if he's just going to be a curmudgeonly old fart, I guarantee you, Alec Baldwin. How great would that be uh, if they finally let he him come back and just be like, hey, we know we did this to you back in the day. Do you want to be Jack Ryan again? And this time, you're going to be the president. 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm like uh, Billy D. Williams, who wanted to play Two Face, like played Harvey Dent in the first Batman movie on the promise that Tim Burton was like, listen. I want you to play Two-Face in one of the eventual sequels, which is the reason why you have Billy D. Williams in the first Batman. Mm-hmm. But Burton's movies basically alienate all of the kid tie-in stuff because they're really dark. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. I saw it when I was a kid, but I was into it. But like moms, aunts, grandmas, they're just like, the penguin is spewing green stuff out of his mouth, and you want me to sell a Happy Meal toy based on that. <laughs> I understand why they didn't get to a Batman 3 with the Burton cast and Keaton and all that. But like Billy D. Williams would have made a great Two-Face. Mm-hmm. He eventually gets to, and I think the Lego Batman movie, he's like the voice of him there, which I appreciated. By the way, the Lego Batman, pretty funny. It's it's fantastic. It is much more entertaining than I expected. Then it, it has any right to exactly. Be. And the Lego Ninja, also funny. Those mo- or the Lego Movie, which I expected oh, to yeah. be nothing but like a two hour advertisement. I, it was great. I actually didn't want to watch Lego Batman. I thought, ugh, ugh. oh, this is actually a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed some of it because I was too busy. I don't know, complaining, and I realized how funny it was. I have to go and watch it again. Like, within this world, like, back in the day, like, you had to keep that continuity. Like, you didn't just reboot things three years later. But I'm saying, th- there, there is, it's perfectly acceptable that Am- Paramount Television can have Jack Ryan in Amazon Prime on a TV series, and he can do his own thing. This is young Jack Ryan. They don't even have to, like, exist in the same continuity. This mm-hmm. isn't, like, a prequel to the movie stuff. And get Alec Baldwin. Harrison, listen, Harrison Ford doesn't, he just doesn't want to do it. He's done with that. Get Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, we want you to play Jack Ryan again. We want you to we want to adapt these last three books that haven't been adapted in anything. They they don't have CGI creatures. We don't have to go to Planet Zern to do them. Like we can shoot these on the relative cheap, and you finally get to play Jack Ryan again. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. I, I would think Alec Baldwin would be game for that. And like I said, we live in a world where you can have characters existing in different timelines or continuities however you want to look at that why can't we do that why does jack ryan only have to be on a tv series mm. i liked it i did too <laughs> it was but really i've been good. i've been a fan of the books i've been a yeah. fan of the movies i'm a fan of this show like and honestly like, i'm not saying create a shared universe for jack ryan like i don't need all of that but there's nothing i would legitimately like to see a television series and a film series. Because mm-hmm. obviously there's money in the film series. Right. I think what the audience was telling people, we don't want to see a young Jack Ryan. Because you know what happens when you recast any any character that Harrison Ford has played and you give us a young version of that? It's it, it doesn't It doesn't do well at the box office. No. When they were like Han Solo, yeah, all right, all right, we're going to give you a young Han Solo that isn't Harrison Ford. But I liked we, it! I did too, but... Was it as successful as Harrison Ford's Han Solo? No, but I think people were just were so any of agitated. the younger Jack Ryan's as popular as Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan? No. <sighs> Listen, uh, the the people have spoken. They want crumudgeny old farts, and if we can't have Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin will do. I don't know why I did that. That's why I think. That's I just I think. I, 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 Alec Baldwin. Um, He'll do in virtually any situation. Yeah. I feel about Alec Baldwin about the same way I feel about Christopher Walken or... Oh, oh, that reminds me. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. And or was, Jeff Goldblum. Like, or, just let these guys show up. I or don't, you were going to add... Sure. Nicolas Cage. 
Because, I don't think you read my mind. <laughs> because I saw, oh, he's got a movie that I think is coming out on Netflix, and it looked like you and I needed to watch it together because it looked like it would be hilarious. Now, is it, in fact, a comedy? No. All right. No. I do not think so. Oh, come on, come on. Where would I find IMDb? Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking for his IMDb. He's. Man, it, I'm telling you, that's going to be a couple pages worth of scrolling. It's coming out in. Oh, there it is. It's coming out in a few weeks. And he's agitated about something and he goes after something. And it sounded just. Just like something we needed to see. Is it? Did he find a, a national treasure that he has to say. go after? All right, come on. Did it? Is it sure. bringing? Is it bringing a girl back? A bear? No, I know. No, it's a bunny, isn't it? A bunny. I, I brought you a bunny. This is the way Southern people speak. I did not go to the South to research this role. I watched fifteen minutes of Gone with the Wind. Okay. All this stuff says 2018, and it's not telling me what I want. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe Netflix took Old Yeller out to the shed and, and did what they needed to do. Okay, these are all the movies he's in this year. Primal, Mandy, Looking Glass, Between Worlds, 211, The Croods 2, Siberia, Running with the Devil, Kill Chain. Which one is on Netflix? It, anyway. all, all of them. <laughs> anyway, which one of them were in the theater? <laughs> he he's doing this. He's doing this thing, and um, it's well. Sounded... At least you know. At least Nick isn't. Uh, at least he's not bored. The two sentences that described the movie said to me, "I have to watch this with Adam because oh. it's going to be a riot." He's angry about something. I think there's going to be a lot of from Nick Cage, and I want to see it with you. It hurts me that, like, the gentleman that gave us Leaving Las Vegas and Face Off, which are actually just two either a tremendously well-acted movies or ridiculously entertaining (laughs) in this bizarre, unusual way that I don't completely understand how to articulate. I don't either. He named his child Kalel. I have nothing more to add. He's, he, I don't know. I just really enjoy talking Nicolas Cage with you. And so that is coming up this year. It's something on Netflix, something, something, Nick Cage. At some point, you and I do need to discuss it at length. If you have never read about the 1997 Tim Burton's Superman Lives. I have read some about it. Oh, I, I have read about it in depth. I've watched and it was documentaries. supposed to be Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman. Oh, Superman! Sorry. And yeah. Michael Keaton was supposed to show up in a cameo in the film because this was a this would have been a Burton. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, as Superman. No, Michael Keaton was going to show up as no. Batman. No, Nicholas Cage was going to be Superman in Tim Burton's Superman Lives. It was supposed to come out in 1997. Huh? I think this whole time I thought he was going to be Batman. No. Now, now I, I need to. I need to. Seriously, we need to revisit it. We need to deep dive on this at some point. But I'm just saying, like it. It, the the making of the film, there's no way that the film could have been as fascinating as Did they this. shoot any of it? 
No, but they've got like production like done for it. Kevin Smith wrote mm-hmm. the one of the scripts for okay. it. Like and this is the one that like he talks about in some of his um his his I guess appearances. Like he even does it on a couple of his podcasts, talking about how John Peters like wanted a giant spider. Like oh, yeah, he didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't okay. want Superman to fly. He wanted him to wear all black. He wanted him to have a flying car. And like Kevin Smith's just like That's not you, Superman. You're thinking of Batman. Like but I mean they've got they have him in the suit that they were testing for. They've got some footage of Burton and Nicolas Cage meeting and like Cage showing like what he wanted to do with Clark Kent. Like Jane, it's it's fascinating. I can't wait. It and like I said, I would love to discuss it at length at some point. Okay, so this is a documentary I can see. Oh wait, yes, it is. We we can tie it into one of the podcasts. Okay, why didn't I think of this? I don't know. So what's it called? It's I want the the death of Superman lives. I think. Okay, if I'm remembering, or it's some some approximation of that. Then I need to watch that. It's wow. Okay, it's just it's it's amazing. And, like, the reasons that caused it not to be made and, like, all the money that was eventually rolled into Superman Returns. Because, like, they spent a lot of money developing this movie, like, in the around, like, $20, 25000000 million Jeez. before they pulled the plug on it because – we'll talk about it later. It's fascinating. The The death of Superman Lives uh, is a fascinating documentary. And, I, like I said, I've read beyond it there just – Everything that went into that film not being made and the film that eventually becomes Superman Returns is just endlessly interesting. One question. Yes. Was it not made because Nicolas Cage didn't want to make it? Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage were way on board on this thing. But Warner Brothers had had a number of films in 1997 that had done poorly. They were looking at ways to save money. And like, as you know, Superman movies are not cheap. The way Warner Brothers decided to save money, like for that fiscal quarter, was to can Superman Lives. Because Uh, although they had spent $20 million on it already, now they're not spending $150 million or $200 million. But like they had toys that were getting ready to be made. They even have like posters for the, the toy like convention that was about to come up stating when it's coming to. Like, oh, it's just. I'm just, oh, it's fascinating. Quiet time, quiet time. I'll try. The Death of Superman Lives documentary. Yes. Must watch. Okay. Jack Ryan is on Amazon. Must watch. I think it's very good. Also on Amazon, I like Mozart in the Jungle uh, because it has, you know, it's got um, Malcolm McDowell in it and it's well cast and it's entertaining. Amazon definitely wants to make itself a player against mm-hmm. uh, what whatever Disney ends up calling their streaming service. Disney. Which, as this is a, a well, it's it's some other, like Disney Plus or Disney, I don't, I don't remember what it is. What they have put out there, and this has just been leaked, and since this is a podcast about streaming, I can put it here. Fox has two X-Men films in development. Mm-hmm. X-Men Dark Phoenix and I think it's New Mutants. Those are not Marvel, well, the Marvel branded in that, like, mm-hmm. Marvel didn't produce them, but, like, Marvel has their name on there because their their name is on every property of theirs, but it's not an MCU right. piece. Marvel is obviously going to take the X-Men and turn it into an MCU entity, mm-hmm. and it probably won't have anything to that do... That is Marvel's cinematic universe, for those who do not know. Um, It won't have anything to do with the previous 20 years worth of X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. 
what would be better to launch your streaming app than a multi-million dollar X-Men movie that was never released in theaters? Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, at this point, they bought them for what? Some, how much? 60, 60 mm-hmm. 70 billion dollars? Oh, that's a lot. Well, but I'm saying, like, in the... X-Men Dark Phoenix, let's say it cost $150 million. When you just dropped that much money, $150 million isn't a whole lot. But do you know the way that you get your your streaming app, some serious press, is the final outing of Fox's X-Men exclusive Mm -hmm. exclusive to your streaming app? I mean, it totally worked for me with CBS All Access. The only reason I subscribe is... Is to watch Star Trek. And it's I'm saying it's not even just like a, a modestly budgeted or even like grandiosely budgeted TV series. This is a million dollar X-Men movie that is only available. Like you've never seen it before. The only way you can see you can't go to the theater and see this. Like you can't get it on Blu-ray or DVD. You have to subscribe to our app. And I'm telling you right now, they do that. They've got me for that first month. Oh yeah, like I because I need I need to see that mm-hmm. and like that will sell it <laughs> same way that CBS All Access could say the only way you're going to get the brand new Star Trek series like you can't watch it on CBS you can't buy it like on DVD or Blu-ray yet you've got to take our app and you've got to subscribe to it whenever we put these out and like it worked yeah I, I had CBS All Access Disney wants to get people in on that because like. I'm sure they're going to have, like, all their animated films. Yeah. But everybody in the world doesn't need, like, the digital access to Fox and the Hound. hmm I think that is a, like, if you want to make sure you pop big whenever they drop this, and it's coming. So does that mean now that Disney owns Star Wars, all of that moves to Disney? They can, like, okay, they did not own the original, uh, r- the rights to the originals. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the, I think it's the distribution and, it, I want to say, home video. Um, they don't own the digital rights right now because they let somebody else like use those. But now they're going; to, they're probably just going to buy them back. Right. But now they can actually do a one of those massive, comprehensive nine part. Like I don't know if you know this, they're about to release another one mm-hmm. called Episode Nine. They can do the nine part Blu-ray, like the Ultimate Sky War or Sky Wars Skywalker Saga, like complete Ultimate collection with you know uh, collectible packaging or whatever yeah like disney can do that now because they now they own all of it in its entirety they got they got some of their the characters that they lost in the mid 90s back like 20th century fox was a get for them like they paid through the nose but you're also you're getting predator you're getting alien mm-hmm. you got the x-men back you got the fantastic four like you've got die hard is now like a disney owned property i'm just saying which is funny you got, like, they have the whole kit and caboodle. The only thing they don't own now, I'm pretty sure, is Transformers. I would like to hear Mickey Mouse say, yippee ki <laughs> You know, as much as they liked it, like, they did, like, the uh, Disney's Three Musketeers or Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Like, Mickey, Mickey goes to Nakatomi. Oh. <laughs> and, like, you, you've got, like, maybe maybe Goofy is Hans Gruber. And he's like, oh, oh hey, well, uh, I, I have a gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and, like, Donald plays. Um, Welcome to the party, Donald's pal. the cop that, like, is helping him out. <laughs> Like he, he's he's the one on the he, the on the radio. He's just like a cowboy. I, I hear you. Except he's like, <laughs> and he's like, what? I can't can't understand you, pal. Huh? What? What? What are you saying? Like, and you can just 
Maybe I'd watch it. I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I don't know that that's the best use of either of those IPs, but I'm going to tell you, you've got at least one viewing for me out of that, and I'll just be like, Mickey Mouse's Nakatomi. Huh. It's interesting at the very least. That's right. I um, Someone's taking notes off of this. And probably marking them off on saying things we should never do. <laughs> With those, or you know, like let Goofy go into predators. <laughs> well, if we if, if we can make it bleed, we can make it die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just they're endless, endless possibilities. Oh, excellent. Well, I guess we're done for binge or cringe. Clearly, Adam and I tend to binge a lot of stuff mentally and on the television. Yes, very much so. And uh, I'm just going to spend the rest of the day thinking about Mickey doing Die and Hard. All of all of the Fox properties. <laughs> that's that, that's going to entertain me for maybe a whole week. Picture M- Mickey like covered in mud, hunting the predator. And just the, <laughs> get them to the chopper. <laughs> How do you get him to the? I, I, I'll have to work on that. Yeah. Trying to cross Schwarzenegger with Mickey is, I don't think vocally I'm capable of doing it. Yeah, that's going to take some practice, but I'm willing to try. So, that's it. Watch watch um Buff Jim as John Ryan. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, John Clancy. Jim Tom John Clancy. John Krasinski. Tom Clancy. Jack Ryan. John Krasinski. Jim from the office. I think that's all the names that His name's actually John. The actor John Krasinski, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, all right. I was like, I was no, just, it's not. It's Jack. Uh, no, it's, no. it's Jack so, frigging Ryan. All of the J names. Okay, I got there. you. I got okay. you. I got I'm you. Gonna, I'm gonna, okay. there all right, so there you have it. Um, thanks for listening, Wendy, because I know you're probably the only one that stayed with us the whole time. If comic, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. If comic book guy was real, he would also be at this point with us. Yeah, I think he would be calling it worst <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> This has been Binger Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.